um, argue about the style definition and yeah. all right so okay so you guys all tried the same beer huh? um, when looking at the guidelines what did you guys think about it compared to the guidelines everything was there just uh, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in balance either. Yeah. Subdued or liked. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So all the characteristics were there. It was just, I felt like the bubble gum was taking over where the banana and clove should have. Okay. I got some plasticky notes for me. Yeah. Um, are there any other technical issues that people had? Had retention. There uh, that that was part of the fact that the pitcher had yeah. been sitting out for oh, about ten oh, or fifteen yeah. minutes. It had so a big head initially. <laughs> it was yeah. great, and then I we got up to pour and like wah wah. Um, yeah, maybe it gets a three. Yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. It, you 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 judge what gets presented to you, so don't forget that you don't judge the beer it was twelve minutes ago because technically speaking, you're not going to know what it was twelve minutes ago. Yeah, it hit some just nuances of all kinds of random character, but it just really had a hard time kind of coming together into something elegant. Yeah. Um, so it sounded like people were, it's not a bad beer, it's just not a excellent beer, so the low end of very good, I think, was a pretty good place for, for, for the scores to come in, so the low 30s. Um, so keep your score sheet around, because we're going to come back to that again um, in just a bit. Um, so, in the meantime, let's go through the true and false. Uh, well, I guess I'll recap real quick what we're going to cover today. So, we just did our practice beer judging. And, and that really is like what people were saying. That's what it's going to be like when you get together. And sometimes you'll be at least on sync. Everyone will pick up the major defects and you'll be you'll move forward within two or three points. Um, but there, every so often you'll get that one beer where one person interprets it stylistically differently or picks up a stronger character than the other and suddenly you're 15 points off and you really need to start hashing out uh, the details, talking about what you perceived, um, and then going back to the guidelines and really, really, really trying to, trying to stick to the guidelines and figure out if that helps shape the answer in terms of an interpretation. And if you're 15, 20 points apart, you know, at that point, <laughs> maybe you raise your hand and get the judge director over <laughs> and say, listen, just... Is one of us completely in, you know, I mean, uh, you know, not rudely, but uh, but it can help to, to bring some extra perspective to have yeah. uh, have somebody else weigh in on it. Yeah. And, and that's that. you got to have both people's approval to do that for the, for the judge procedure manual. But those are ways that you can help try to get a little extra external support. Um, and, yeah, and then, I mean, basically try to rent, do the beer in about ten minutes, in my mind, and then in the last five minutes kind of come to consensus and uh, move on. They say that good judges should be able to do it in 10 minutes. It's hardly ever executed that way because you never have two good judges together. Typically, you have one good and one brand new. Or, um, I write too slow to yeah. finish in 10 minutes. <laughs> so, and then for the exam itself, you want to try to... It, it's great if you can get through the beer in 10 minutes and then have time to go back and double-check stuff, add extra comments in, follow the aroma to see if anything's changed. Um, and not be panicking and not be wrapping it up when I'm bringing out the next beer and you're, ah, okay, move this one over here and then I'll... It's very hard to catch back up. Yeah, it really, it's very, very hard to catch back up. Um, I, back uh, in the old days when they had, like, you had, if you were retaking just the tasting, you might actually have a little more time to, for each beer. I'd go and write down notes for each one, then fill out this course sheet and this, you start getting behind on that and the last beer, you're like, okay, I can't do any of that. So you just don't want to fall behind uh, on a beer. Because if you do, you're probably going to leave something off. They're going to hammer you on something like completeness. And and then if you don't perceive something, if you didn't write anything about um, the 
uh, certain kinds of aroma or certain if you're getting down to the bottom mouthfeel, then they're going to probably say, well, he didn't perceive these things either, so now he's going to lose some perception points. So it's one of those, it, it's, it falls apart quickly. So just work through methodically, try to get everything down, just right stream of thought. And that, my real big recommendation, and we'll cover this again, is just keep writing. Um, if, if you can just keep up with your brain in terms of perceiving stuff and try to cram out as fast as you can with your hand, um, that's that's probably the best you're going to end that's up doing. a good thing, then? Hmm? You're not just regurgitating everything and anything. I just, it just, I mean, this thing, if you, if you initially, whatever you get initially up front, you just want to start writing that because it's going to be the most important thing probably with the beer. It's like, all right, there's a huge mango f- hop flavor in this, and that kind of folds away to this. You're, you're describing things in the way that they would in the guidelines, which is kind of in the order of intensity for the profile. Um, and then as you keep going through, then go back and tag up on the score sheet. Wait, did I hit esters? Did I hit hops? Did I hit malt? Okay, good. Keep going. Next section. Kind of just keep banging through. So, um, and we'll talk a bit more, more about tests. Uh, take it in just a bit. Um, so we'll, we'll go over the true and false. Um, probably going to move the exam discussion up early and uh, do that before we get into tasting. You okay with that? Sure. And then we'll go into the off flavors and go into tasting brown British beer um, strong British ale and strong American ales. So that should be fun. Um, and then we'll answer any other questions um, that you guys have on the exams and whatnot. Okay, so true and false. Um, this is a random smattering from a random number generator from a spreadsheet I had. So um, these actually, from what I saw, didn't look too bad. Um, but we'll kind of kick it off. I'll right. start. Um, 121, uh, BJCP judges can earn non-judging experience points for participating in BJCP continuing education program activities. That's true. It's non-judging points that you get out of that. When non-BJCP judges <coughs> evaluate entries in a competition, each non-BJCP judge should be paired with a BJCP judge. That is true. That's true. The maximum score on a, the beer judging exam for the BJCP certified rank is 79%. False. That's if you can get 100%. Still be certified, you just have to go through all the test processes and uh, points after that. Good job. Uh, it is not necessary to offer any feedback for improvement if you score beer over 40. Uh, false. That's false. You always need, if it's not 50, then you need to be offering some sort of improvement. A competition organizer may serve as the judge director and may also serve as a judge, provided the person has no knowledge of the association between entries and entrants. That's true. And the important thing, once again, is that association between entrance and entrance. As long as there is a blind judging, a guaranteed blind judging process, that, that still checks the box. He's a busy guy, but, um, or he or she. But, okay. After discussing the initial scores, judges should adjust their final scores to be, to be within seven points or less if directed by the competition director. True. That's true. Yep. Each additional BJCP Grandmaster level requires an additional 100 experience points. That's true. That's true. Stewards at homebrew competitions earn BJCP judging points if they taste the beers with the judges. I'd say that's false. That's false. They aren't going to earn any points just because they're drinking them, uh, but they're just going to earn experience points for participating in the competition. Um... 55. There is no need to sniff the aroma immediately after pouring the entry in the glass. That's false. You should be continuously sniffing it, basically, but initially is very important. Uh, pour each entry in a manner that gives it its optimum appearance, keeping in mind that some entries may be over and undercarbonated. Is true. Yep. 
BJCP apprentice judges have not yet taken the BJCP beer judging exam. True. It's false. Okay. The, the people who have not taken the beer judging exam are either well, novices, which isn't a rank, um, provisional, which provisional also is, isn't, isn't a rank, um, but apprentices have taken the, the beer judging exam and not passed, basically. Okay. okay. Um, on average, experienced judges should be able to completely evaluate a beer, including arriving at a consensus in 10 minutes. That's true? That's true. Just not in reality. <laughs> A BJCP Grandmaster service requirement can be fulfilled by grading exams. Sure. That's true. Um, uh, this goes back to all those true-false conditional kind of things, but yeah, grading exams are one of the minimums for the um, And seat. it's possible to... Just do nothing but exams. Do exams and get your GMSR yep. points. Okay. To become a BJCP certified judge, it is sufficient to pass the entrance exams for at least 70% on a beer judging exam. And five judging points. That's false. It's true. It's not necessary, but it's sufficient. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once again, you, these anything that's going to involve the the judge ranks, read twice and pay attention to to words like that. Um, Instead of the five judging points, I'm like, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's sufficient to do that. Stewards and homebrew competitions are in BJCP experience points. We learned from number eight. That's true. Yes. Okay. That's good. All right, easy enough. Um, okay, um, so yeah, today actually we should get done relatively quickly. Um, if you want to take out the handout, which is tasting exam test tips, um, I guess I'm have it, so I'll share it with you. Um, so we're actually before we do that, let's talk about the because uh, you have to get the online exam done out of the way. Final online exam test tips from Peter. Uh, same ones I've been hammering home. Um, just move quickly. If you don't instinctively know it, make a best guess, flag it. You can come back to it at the end. Um, don't waste a lot of time on select all of these conditions. Uh, you know, make the you know grab the obvious ones. You know, it's it's designed to be a time sink for you. Um, the important things are like acetaldehyde and diacetyl are yeast precursor things that uh, you know. Pitch sufficient yeast. Uh, make sure you don't rack it too quickly off the other thing. Rouse with CO2. You know, all these things will help reduce those two compounds. Um, so you're going to get questions around those two off flavors. Um, uh, remember ingredients. Uh, you know, German, going to use German ingredients, German hops. It's mostly going to be lager and clean. Um, you know, all the British styles allow. Uh, up to small amounts of diacetyl, um, you know, so when you're getting, you know, compare and contrast these two, the, you know, American brown and an English brown, uh, you know, and it says the American brown, the English can have a little, always, you know, go, oh, yes, English can have a little diacetyl. Um, don't wait until the night before the tasting exam. Mark will hate you. Uh, because you can't take the tasting exam and you need, what, 24 hours in between takes? Is that? Oh, I, think you could, I don't know. I think you could take them pretty quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or is I it, it said on there when I read through it, you had to wait a day, but I don't know. I think that's if you create if you use your same login. Oh. <laughs> so if you bought a, one of the multiple ticket ones, yeah, then I yeah, did, but, oh. but you can come up with was... Joey Jojo Shabadoo too, and take that probably. I haven't tried this, but I'm pretty sure that works. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's mostly it. Take it. 
uh, frustrating when you, when you <coughs> don't pass because it doesn't really, it'll give you some areas to focus on your studies, uh, but it doesn't tell you, you know, how close you were. It doesn't tell you, you know, specifically, you know, gosh, you missed 20 out of 60 style questions. Uh, you know, so you go, oh, well, that's clearly where I need to put my focus into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be a random grand bag of 200 of the 6,000 questions in the test bank. A lot of them are similar, so you'll see some things, but you may just get a test that, for whatever reason, is a little bit harder, uh, at least based on your knowledge. Um, it's kind of like the old uh, the old written exam. You know, some of the questions were, were horrendous and very hard to answer in the time period. Others are much like, easier yeah. to explain, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so what you get matters. Um. Yeah, and just keep going. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. It may I, it may be worthwhile as you're going through to have a little piece of paper off to the sides and maybe mark down the number of things that you were really really confident in. If I, you're like, hey, you know what, I've I've had about fifty or sixty that I'm pretty confident on. If you don't finish all the questions, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a gimme to at least give a shot on all the questions. But if you're moving through and at least hitting ones and, and doing them pretty confidently, that's that works too. But I think there's there's safety in numbers in general yeah. well, in terms answer, of getting answer through. everything. Even, yeah. even if you're going to mark it and come back to it, put an answer in because you're you're yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously you know a one in five shot or a one in two shot if it's true false. Um, but at least you've got an answer there and you've got a shot because mm-hmm. it's always going to be wrong. Zero if it's yeah. not. Um, unless it was like multiple choice and they were all wrong. Yeah. No. Um, so um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. The I mean, important things maybe to read before I go through the the styles. Look at the uh, the major differentiating marks of the style so you know what the general characters are going to be. Um, and it's just worth it to one or a day or so before read through most of just the process of making beer section again. Um, and th- and that should be kind of the big. I don't know how do they do a lot of faults on the tasting or sorry, uh, on the online? I got a few. Okay. What, were they kind of diagnosed or pick a uh, remedy for the fault? Or? Well, one of them I'm pretty sure I got wrong that I didn't agree with is that lactic acid comes with buttery. I, didn't, I don't think that's really true at I all. I don't think that's true. And that's really that's the true. only option that it gave me. It was the, hmm. the rest of it was like not faults at all for lactic acid, so I don't... Or huh. lactobacillus, but um, there were quite a few, like, what phenol, what's a phenol, or, like, what would it be, like, clove or spicy, mm-hmm. uh, esters, things like that. Okay. Um, they stay away from most of the weird styles. They pretty much stick to American English, Belgian, and um, some of the vice beer stuff. How in depth, like, do they ask you... Like chemical compound names. Oh God, no! No. <laughs> Besides, like, going, like diacetyl is going to be the closest you get, right. probably, no, and no, acetaldehyde. No, they're not going to get down to no. anything with a number in it, okay. probably, as far as <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they don't they don't cover that in the study guide really, and they're not going to co- cover that on the exam. Okay. They they really, I think, they do a good job of strictly covering what's in the um, study guide and what's in the style guide. So if you know, you know, it's back. It's if you know, if you know, if you at least gone through everything and understand why major things are happening, you should be pretty good to go. Um, there, I, even though they believe that you might need to go out and read a whole bunch of other books to, they 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 tend to have something that they can point back to in their own study guide with these questions um, or the style guidelines and the judge procedure manual and the other stuff too. So a lot of judge procedure stuff is going to come out of the true and false. You've got all the answers to those. Um, so. Um, okay. 
And now, okay, so now we'll talk a little bit about the, the tasting exam uh, test tips. Um, once again, this is going to be me bringing out six. Yeah, it's just, yeah, one one pager. Um, it's kind of, I, I'm not sure. I, I had a hard time finding it in my own binder. Um, good sharing. Okay, so the six beers come out. The, the core thing to do is make sure that you get through the beers in 15 minutes and get on to the next beers and try to do as complete of a job as you can. Um, so we, the reason why we've been using these score sheets, which are a little bigger or a little different from the normal competition score sheets, because this is what you're going to see on the exam. Um, so you're very, very familiar with it. Um, and just to re-familiarize it, you're going to have your participant ID. You're going to make sure that you put that up front. Your name's never going to go on the exam. So just your participant ID, I'll tell you your... And actually, it'll have most of it already all filled out. You'll just have to say that you're number one, two, three, four, five, six. Which beer you're doing, one, two, three, four, or five, six. Um, it'll already have the exam, city, and date filled out, so don't worry. When I bring up the beers, I will tell you, you need to judge this as a category blank, subcategory blank, and I'll tell you the name of the beer, and you can ask me 15 times, and I will tell you it again and again. It's no style. Style, sorry. I won't tell you the name of the beer. Um, there's, you're never going to have to put out, uh, fill in the special ingredients. Um, you, for the area that says bottle inspection, a lot of people like to put in there, um, poured from pitcher, okay? Just, it, it, to me, it's, uh, in a real competition, you can do that, but if you want to fill that out, that's that's fine to write. I, I find that meaningless when I'm grading exams. It's great. I know. He administered the exam the way he was supposed to. Good for him. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, you'll just want to start working on filling out the score sheet the way that we would normally through top to bottom. Um, make sure you, you've got your descriptors off to the side for potential either off flavors or intense flavors. Um, make sure to check those if you do bring them up. Over here, in particular, if it's a very a stronger compound than, than normal, um, but even things like alcohol, go ahead and mark that down. Um, don't forget to do your scores. Um, you can bring a 10-function calculator with you, and I'll try to bring some with me as well, um, but you can't bring your phones. You're going to have to put them all up on the side. But you can use that 10-function calculator if you want to help add stuff up to make sure you don't make a mistake. Um, come up with your score, and then down at the bottom, make sure you, you mark off stylistic accuracy where you thought it was. Um, I don't think that that actually really gets scored besides just completion. It's just completeness. It's just completeness. And then, uh, like we said before, a lot of people like to circle, did I give it a very good, or was I in the good range, or was I in the excellent where you came in over there? So just take the time to kind of cram through those. Um, and that's why you want to get done in 10 minutes. You can just kind of look, okay, look everything over. Did I hit all the things in here? Check, 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 check. Hit the bottom, hit this, hit this. Okay, good, ready for my next beer. Maybe do a few more sniffs, see if the aroma's changed, and kind of get ready to move on, check your math. So you're going to pour, everybody gets the, you know, you're going to start the clock, and everybody's going to start and finish, and yeah. you're not going to start pouring in the middle? Not, not when you're done. No, okay. it's just one of those, every 15 minutes I come out with a new Got beer. Got it. Um, it's not, next beer, please. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, okay, so... Once again, the important thing for completeness, you really want to get at least three of those lines, and you probably want to work onto the fourth line or the last line in terms of having some words on there. Um, don't forget to comment on things that aren't there. If there, I mean, if you're running out of space, or you're, so you got a lot of space, and like it's, I give you a Bud Light, and you're like, "Yep, this has got nothing going on." 
like for Roma, people can film the space with no diacetyl, no DMS, uh, no significant estuary off flavor, or things like that. Comment on things that aren't there if you need, just to help if you're running out of ideas to keep writing stuff down and making it look like your paper is not blank. Um, let's see, so other stuff on this. Uh, you can bring your own glassware, um, and I, I really do recommend that. If you have some nice little tasters, um, they those are nice for helping concentrate uh, some of the rolls. I bold ones in particular. I'll be coming with just kind of normal, either, well, little him here, just kind of like the tasters we've been using in the class pretty much for the whole time, a little taller, maybe. Um, no, they're nothing fancy, but if you've got uh, a few nice little snifters, those are nice. Um, my one little comment on, is with those that um, when you have them kind of stacked up the way that we've had them, the color is much more consistent um, because it's uh, kind of a uniform thickness. When you get them in the, the bowl, it, the color becomes a little more difficult to assess. So just, just kind of keep that in mind as you're going through. Look maybe into the darkest part of it um, to get a, a good idea. Um, let's see. Uh, so this is where I want you to grab your score sheets that you just filled out. Um, and we're just going to take a sec to go through. So we make sure that you hit on all the touch point subheaders, okay? Um, and this is where in that last one minute or two minute, and I'm, by the way, when I'm administering the exam, I will tell you, you've got 10 minutes left on this beer. You've got five minutes left on this beer. I'm bringing out another beer in three minutes, so you can at least pace yourself as best you can, and time's not a problem. You can obviously have a watch, too. Um, but as you're getting towards the end, this is where you want to go back. So look at your score sheets now. Like for aroma, did you comment on malt, hops, esters, and other aromatics? M mainly those first three in particular. Um, as you're going through the exam, go back, check, check, check. Okay. Um, appearance, did you comment on color, clarity, head retention, and for the head retention or head... You have to say retention, color, and texture. So did I comment on the bubbles? Did I comment on the color of the bubbles? Did I comment on how long the bubbles were sticking around? Um, and how well easy it was to stick through? You can also bring a flashlight, too, um, uh, just to help kind of uh, pitch a, a beam through your glass to see how much haze there is. That's not a problem. Um, for flavor, I comment on malt, hops, fermentation characteristics, are there esters, are there phenols, all those things. Make sure I got the major three of the uh, ingredients that contribute a lot of flavor in there. Um, how does it balance? Make sure the word balance is in what you wrote. Um, it's just really easy to do. Make sure the word finish is in what you wrote. Because um, the judge will see that and go, oh yeah, here, he hit that. Um, or the greater. And uh, anything else that's in there, but once again, keep in mind the styles that I'm going to bring you are going to be mainstreamish styles. They're not going to be fruity beers, so there's not going to be other major uh, off uh, contributors. But if there's off flavors, make sure you bring those up. Mouthfeel, make sure you hit all five, even if they're not present. What's the body? What's the carbonation? Warmth, creaminess, and astringency. And those last three typically aren't going to be major players a lot of the time, but just throw in no significant warmth, no creaminess. Low, low astringency or whatever it is for the beer. Um, just make sure you hit them because they're just going to be paying attention. And then in the overall impression, that's where you want to wrap up all the style comments um, uh, and then make sure that you give, for anything that you've marked wrong with the beer, at least one form of uh, improvement to help make that problem go away. Um, so if it's an under-hopped IPA, boost your either your bitterness hops or your aroma hops, uh, depending on what the, the major problem was. If it's astringent, talk about sparging, talk about milling, talk about any of those things. If you've got two things, that's fine, but you want to hit a comment on most things that you, at least each thing that you hit was significantly wrong. If it's out of style, 
what would get it back into style? More roast, roast malt. Less roast malt in your IPA, okay? So you don't address the, the <coughs> defects in perception, description. Oh, no, you, uh, if, it, if you sense the defects, make sure you address them. Okay. If it's a stylistic defect, save that to the end. Got it. If it's a technical defect, um, which would be something... Just, just note the perception in the, uh, in the first four sections, mm-hmm. and then address the root cause at the bottom. Don't, okay. don't burn up space in uh, flavor addressing acetaldehyde, yep. you know, Yep. Save it for the end. Use that to describe the, the flavor of the beer. Uh, and make sure your specific uh, things like esters and hops. Um, uh, just make sure that you're, you're clear about where it's coming from. If you're getting grapefruit, uh, make sure you specify it's from the hops. Otherwise, you sort of leave <coughs> it up to the grader to decide whether you've actually described hops or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially like apple pear. Um, you know, those things are more, more yeast generated, but they are fruity. Um, you know, if you can sort of slide what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, down drop there. drop what it is. Drop malt, hops, or esters if you can probably identify it from what it is, yeah. uh, and that doesn't leave any question up to the graders um, that you you addressed whatever the issue was. Um, and then obviously fill out the scores, double check your math, fill out the bottom again. Okay. Um, so if you noticed on your score sheet that you missed some things, um, think in my, think later that you might miss them again and try to like circle them for yourselves and try to remember to come back to those and. And hit them on the exam. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Um, so said, don't mention what you don't taste. If it's in particular, if it's appropriate, if you're not picking up, um, like, if you're not picking up a significant banana or clove in your um, hefeweizen, you might want to bring that up. Um, that it's there is no perceivable banana or clove, um, and because that is that's something that stylistically is wrong, but you'll you'll want to tie that together later. Um, like Pete just said, avoid stylistic criticisms in the first four sec- sections. Put that mainly down towards the end. Just pick up, describe what you're perceiving and um, how that uh, associates and should be perceived within this, the style. Um, going into the talk about things as a vector. So if you're going to say it's a uh, resinous bitterness Make sure it's a firm resinous bitterness or a subtle resinous bitterness. Give it an intensity. Um, and you probably want to throw in the word hot bitterness um, just because it typically is where it's going to come from. So try to tag the, the final thing of where it came from um, as well. So that's why Steve likes to talk about three, di- three dimensions to each thing. Don't use the word hoppy multi uh, or multi. That's the, They'll kind of laugh, laugh you out of there. Um, talk about at least the... the the profile of what kind of hops um, and any descriptor I'm going to say this is better than none um, even if it's not the most accurate one if it's the closest thing that you can think of try to get something down there in terms of a, um, a detail um, uh, for the exam itself um, this is only for the exam This is <laughs> we, a lot of uh, new people tend to either go way too high or way too low and as we talked about before the the points that you get for your score are based off of a deviation from what the proctors come to con- consensus on. If you go to the fact that in the proctors, some are going to be a little higher, some are going to be a little lower, they're going to tend to be a little more mid-range than anything else. Um, the proctors aren't always within seven points, and they don't get to change their scores. Um, so they go through, they score, and they just they give those scores in. Um, so when they come to a consensus at the very end, um, that's great. That's the number that you're all going to get... Uh, 
compared to, but the proctor or the the graders will see that there was variation within the the assessments, and well, and they they take that into consideration as well. So basically, don't freak out about giving a really high or really low score. Aim between twenty and forty. If it's going to be an outstanding beer, kind of top out in the around forty ish, because even if it was one of the best beers, it's probably not going to go higher than a forty three. Um, and if it was one of the worst beers, it's probably not going to go lower than. 13, 14, or sorry, 15 or 16 in general. I would, yeah, I would go narrower. I'd say 20 to 40, unless it's an exceptionally abhorrent beer, yeah. or, uh, and on the top end, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about above 40. Yeah. Um, so you talk about, if you want to go do some practice on your own, apart from the stuff that you have in the class, they've got the commercial calibrations on the HA website now, where you can go buy, or go look at, I think you can actually search for different beer styles. Um, and then go um, do a practice judging on your own, and then look at what like four or three or four masters said about it. And they give a really, really nice set of descriptors that can provide some motivation. I wouldn't necessarily judge the beer, uh, because what the beer in front of you is not necessarily yeah. what was in front of them, and you're going to end up just beating yourself up. Oh, I didn't get a light, frothy note of whipped uh, cucumber rind. You know, it's great to read their descriptions, and you know they're painting a vivid picture of what they're tasting. But it don't, don't ever go and go. You know, could go, oh well, my Sierra Nevada Pale Ale doesn't taste like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'd use it more as, and then also consider that they were judging them to the 2008 guidelines. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to. Um, let's see. Do the like we said before. Kind of look through. Make sure that the score you gave it is consistent with whether or not it was excellent, outstanding, very good, fair, problematic. Um, and let's see, feedback, make sure you have corrections in there. Um, this is kind of stupid, but obviously don't be condescending. Um, make sure that it's con- don't bring up a new flaw that you didn't bring up before, unless it's a stylistic one, that, that's fine. Um, but don't say, oh, the diacetyl on this one is, is overwhelming if you didn't bring up there's butter or butterscotch somewhere earlier in this. Um, and then... Obviously, kind of make sure that the fixes would actually address the issue. So before the exam, I always recommend, in particular, reading through the guidelines, just the the overall impressions and the style distinguishing factors, and then also reading through the false guidelines, because that's the one other thing that you're really going to want to pull down uh, at the end of uh, the exam. Um, let's see, things like don't boil the grains uh, or cover your boil. You want to describe how potential, like, Ways that you get astringency out of the boil or out of oversparging is the way that you would uh, um, uh, p- potentially get some astringency into the beer, which goes into the next thing of uh, don't uh, don't assume that you know the brewer's process overall. Just kind of say if you don't say you clearly did this, and this this applies for all um, all judging, um, yeah, not just the the exam itself. Um, there's going to be, a, um, there should be at least two beers with some sizable, or at least one sizable fault in it. So something that hopefully ninety percent of the people should be able to pick up. Don't overthink faults as you're going through, and don't second guess what you're um, kind of getting. I may screw up the exam, or I may screw up a doctoring of a beer, or the beer that I had may be better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so don't overthink that too much. Um, but I guess kind of be aware that there may be two stinkers within the crowd, and that's just part of the process that or they more. give us. Yeah, or more. Um, and that being said, I've seen, I've gotten, I've created exams where everyone came through with 30s, um, which I had to worry about the administrator on that one. But 
I, I think we've had some where we've only been in the upper 20s and lower 30s too. But um, So, yeah, don't throw everything fault out there because you will also get dinged if they say, you picked this up and nobody else in the exam did and you you destroyed the beer because of this one kind of fact. So, so just pick up the things that you perceive. Don't worry. If, if you don't perceive it, it's okay. Um, don't, don't, don't add things in. Um... I'm going to fill out the, the left side again for the checkboxes. Um, make sure they also, if, if you tag something off on the side, that word better be somewhere over here in the write-up. Um, let's see what else. Do the math. Just cover that. Circle. Write legibly. And actually, that's probably one of the bigger things to do, too, is if they can't read what you wrote, it's it's very difficult to grade. And I should know. Because I have the world's yeah, worst handwriting. Yeah. So... Um, any any last questions on the tasting? So the first three words on the exam <coughs> should not be this style sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate this I style. I got that last month. <laughs> I got that in some last month. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through this, and I'm like, wow, that's exactly the opposite of what they tell you to put down. <laughs> Um, and once again, the, the styles I'm going to bring up are not going to be the really hard-to-find ones, so um, they're going to be ones that you were probably have tasted before going through this class. Um, so focus on those. Remember, there's going to be dark, light, sluggery, um, Belgian-y, hoppy, uh, hybrid-y, and british and stuff like that. Um, nothing, nothing crazy. And nothing specialty. So there's a whole bunch of styles that you don't... I mean, I think it's pretty much like... What category is it? For the 2015, it's... Yeah. Um, pretty much from Trappist up to 26 is where they can pick styles from. Um, after that, it, they can't pick those. And then for the 2008 guidelines, it's up to category, I think, 19. Um, 20 and higher are off limits. So. But you do have to have one historical beer and one clone beer. As well, yes, I'm going to give you a phone beer. How well of <laughs> this beer match up with the late great? <laughs> uh, okay, any other questions? Okay, um, so if we want to grab or go through, we got our faults now, right? Yeah. Okay. So since we're doing some big beers today, we're going to go through the um, the alcohol induced. Um, the I'm going to pass the uh, texture cups down as well. Yeah. The fermentation temperature um, and starting gravity induced uh, off flavors, and some of these may not be off flavors. Uh, do you have any idea? On no, I don't. Right. One of the exams I did give um, Negro to Modelo with a whole bunch of shots of vodka, and people loved it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of after, in retrospect, it was the first beer I gave him. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that, um, but. Uh, Got them loosened up a little, um, but no alcohol warmth. Hmm? No, no, no. A lot of people got the warmth, but a lot of people just thought it tasted really good. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I haven't done that one since then. <laughs> you need to use the real solventy stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, Oops. You get another uh, sleeve or beer. Yeah, right here. All right, so we're starting with... Actually, let me give this a try. Make sure it's uh, enough. Mm -hmm. 
This is just straight vodka, right? Yeah. Okay, starting with alcoholic. People will call you this when you start drinking at 9 o'clock in the morning <laughs> for judging. Um, okay, that is described as a spicy Venus character in the Roma. Um, I mean, you can probably best describe it as like smelling um, vodka. Um, it'll provide mouthfeels or as well, give you that warming. Um, it's basically, obviously, the... the Fermentation product of these, them doing their job, um, but potentially at a higher level than you may want for the style or lower. Um, so, uh, and it also has an effect sometimes of uh, affecting your head uh, on the beer as well, and your head as well. Um, so let's see. Between now, this is one of where it's really important to taste the two beers uh, side by side. And see, the big thing that I get is that it's sweet. And that's one of those things we were talking about earlier where alcohol will contribute sweetness without under-attenuation. Um, where it's just raw alcohol sweetness that, that, that kind of it's kind of uh, working its way into... Um, and a little extra mouthfeel to it as well. Um, but uh, just... Jared, try it, Pete? No, not yet. Okay. I think you hit a, a good level with it. Good. Uh, the sherry, I may not have hit a good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll definitely war- can feel some of the warmth by your tongue, um, and on your cheeks for that matter too. Yeah, definitely a and, big sweetness, and, and then you can also taste the vodka. Um, which is also maybe something to keep in mind in the exam. If you taste vodka. Um, <laughs> I said don't second guess the fall flavors, but don't don't actually say the word. So if I put in an off flavor and it's clearly something, oh my god, he just put this in. Address the nature. Don't just say vodka. Um, so you could say ethanol. Yeah, ethanol. Yeah, it's, that's it's, great. It's you know highlighting a, a fermentation that was a higher gravity than would be appropriate in a lower gravity style. Yeah. Uh, address that. Don't address. Do, you know. Do the be careful. Don't let your vodka accidentally fall in into your. your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't let your um, so obviously, uh, the amount of sugars in the beer and the attenuation of the yeast is what's going to drive your overall alcohol content at the at the end of fermentation. So watching out and adjusting those, um, fermenting at the right temperature levels for your the yeast strain in particular, and that'll get into some of the solvent stuff. And as we as we kind of keep going. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not too much else to, um, say about this. It's going to be appropriate in the styles that we're covering today. It's going to be appropriate in the Belgian beers as well. Any of the higher gravity, some, some extent on your Imperial IPAs and, um, some of those areas too. Um, but not appropriate in, uh, other styles is appropriate. Light American lagers in particular. Well, that is really subtle to me. <laughs> I really have to go back to forth to get much. Do you need another one? <laughs> 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 Alright, next we've got Sherry. And this is one that you... It's only going to be picked up in a very, very, very few styles uh, deliberately. Um, uh, but it's going to be a, an oxidative uh, note of some melanoidins, basically. Um, and poten- potentially with some alcohols in there as well. 
that gives a nutty um, kind of profile to it. Reminiscent of Sherry, obviously. And you can get that. There's fruitiness to it as well, mm-hmm. which is... Um, I need a red wine. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of sherry was this? Amontillado. <laughs> okay. So probably don't bring up red wine if I put this as a taint either. No. no. Um, yeah. You can get it. I mean, a hint of the nut, but then you can get a little... Yeah, there's a little fruitiness. <laughs> it makes it more interesting with beer. I'll give it that. Oh. Um... Coors New Line. Coors. <laughs> <laughs> Coors Late Night. <laughs> um, so you may say, basically this is going to be something uh, where it's going to have some oxidation with melanoins. Uh, barley wines may be picking this up. Old Ales uh, picking this up. Uh, so both British and American barley wines. Um, partic- particularly the, um, the, the British barley wines more than the American. But... Uh, like the Flanders. And you know, there are notes of that still I kind of feel with, like an old brewing in, in there, too. Which characteristic in the list is this? Uh, this was sherry. Uh, sherry-like. Or just sherry, in this case. It's on the page 62. Oh, sorry, it's in the style guidelines. Uh, sorry, the study guide. Let's <laughs> see, it really does not poke its head out very often. Um in terms of uh, profiling, and I think that's why they didn't bother giving it its own um, kind of descriptor. You may address this one as an oxidative note and, um, and then bring up the fact that it was uh, sherry uh, in particular. So, by the way, like when over here on the exam, if you're going to tag something like phenolic, you can call out which particular phenols next to it if you want to say phenolic, plastic, phenolic, clove, phenolic, um, whatever. But be right. But be certain that it's yeah. a phenolic. Don't put uh, f- pear. No. Um, so this is uh, uh, ethyl acetate. Okay. So then uh, the last thing we're going to cover is solvent. Um, so describing it: turpentine, acetone, high concentrations of ethyl acetate. Is that this one? Mm-hmm. You get a cleaner aroma to it. You can tell it's it's for me. I have a you know an instinctual. It's it's alcohol, but it's bad alcohol, um, and or Belgian alcohol. Well, no, <laughs> really bad vodka. Yeah, soju, soju. <laughs> um, and it volatilizes. Like nobody's business uh, up into your uh, nasal yeah. cavity. There's to me, it's a lot of glue. Um, but yeah, that, that cold is really. <clears throat> yeah, it's like yeah, I don't like it, but it doesn't stand. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't seem salty. It's it, to me in the finish. Um, I get the ethyl in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's, it's not a a real flavorful component. But you know that there's some unhappiness going on. Yeah. Um, glue, uh, you know, glue fumes mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just but it's, it's glue un- and pleasant yeah. alcohol versus you know you can have a nice big warming, you know. Yeah, like the vodka. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this has got. I mean, basically, the yeast has been taken somewhere where it's not as happy anymore. It's spitting off more um, different uh, higher alcohols and other. There's potentially you may pick up some other phenols and other things with these as well. <laughs> it's generally just a sign of yeast stress. Um, also potentially a sign of um, uh, infection. Uh, so once again, some of the, the the wild yeast can kick off these because they're not being selected for that um, clean uh, fermentation profile. Um, it says generally under desirable, but uh, you may see some of these in old ales, um, and I'm I'm doubting we're going to. Um, all right, so Pete, where do you want to start? Thirteens? Uh, yeah, I don't know what we have. Okay. So, we should start off with, uh, actually we'll start off kind of light, uh, brown British beers. So we've got dark mild, um, British brown ale, and uh, English porters. Um, obviously, thinking of darker beers, and we're thinking with that uh, fruity um, ester profile, potentially, from uh, the, the British yeast. I'm going to be looking for British hops, floral, sorry, not floral, earthy-ish, tea-like, um, if they're going to be present. Um, do we have a mild? We do not have a mild. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just we'll cover the mild. So it describes it as a dark, low-gravity, malt-forward, or focused British session ale, uh, readily suited for drinking in quantity, uh, refreshing yet flavorful with a wide range of dark malt or dark sugar expression. Um, these can go really, really all over the board. These are under 4% alcohol beers, um, but they bring in uh, typically an amazing amount of um, interesting dark fruit uh, character, um, some toast, um, some nuttiness, caramels, uh, some uh, some dark like raisin liquors per um, plum. Um, they're low gravity, so it's it's hard for them to end up with a, a decent mouthfeel. They, they tend to finish down in the eight to the thirteen, so they need to get a fairly low attenuation to not this have this be this flabby beer. Um, but uh, in the old days, this, this was an unaged beer, um, so it hadn't gone sour because they didn't have very good control of uh, uh, sanitation. Uh, so it's something that was going to come out, it was in pretty easy to drink, uh, and they may end up blending it in with some other beers as well. Um, but it's basically going to be a, a lighter version of the, the brown ales and the, the quarters, and, um, and just not as sweet. They're really, really nice um, when you find them. And they're mildly hard to find because nobody wants to produce a mild because you say mild and people say, I don't want to drink that. Mm. Um, so they typically have to get creative. <clears throat> Unless you're machine house. Okay. So, this is Bull British Brown? Yes. Okay. So the Southern English Brown is now the London Brown uh, they moved that to, to historical. historical. Historic. Yeah. Still hard to figure out where they've moved everything. Yeah. They have a... I don't, I don't know if they have it in the back of here, or in the version I printed out. They have some... Uh, yeah, they, you they can don't. There's the a correlation matrix, yeah. yeah. Okay, so British brown ale. Um, malt brown, caramel-centric British ale without the roasted flavors of a porter. 
So for me, lots of nuttiness, oh, toast, well toasted bread crust. What if you need to use the restroom during the tasting? Yeah, I, I remind people to go beforehand. <laughs> and I put dump buckets under the table. <laughs> Don't drink a lot of coffee beforehand. What are the notes to people get in the aroma? A little plum, maybe. Mm-hmm. Get a little fresh ground mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Not the crystals. <laughs> what? I still get a little dank. I was kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I like the toffee. That hint of Neat, subtle things moving around in there. Nice brown body. The glasses are fogging up pretty quickly. <laughs> Seems to be pretty clear. Light beige head with really coarse bubbles. I think I'd recommend going with the, you know. Brown. But yeah. yeah. I'd at least wrap it up with root beer brown. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, a little bit of that toffee up front, and mm-hmm. then there's a big, heavy. Uh, nut on the back end mm-hmm. um, but uh, nuts with like the paper on them still yeah there's like a Hershey's chocolate bar or miniatures kind of note in there for me mm-hmm. some of that involves the paper um, a little black licorice um, just a little hint of it Toasted crusts again. It's really, really crisp finish. Um, moderate bitterness to support everything. Hint of an earthy note. Oh, once again, just almost into that hint, hint of musty. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. basement loamy. Yeah. People get any other fruity esters in the flavor? Just a little pear. Just rip that Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of finishes with that in particular to me. A little bit of astringency, 
goes to the side of your mouth a little bit. Moderate light body, well attenuated. Moderate cover carbonation. No real creaminess or no warmth. This is, how strong was this? Yeah, well they're all down there. It's on the bottom. Just kidding. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, British. They don't have to follow the rules. I'm going to go probably the 4.2 to 5.4% range. Somewhere in there. To <laughs> be my guess. So, I, I could drink the shit out of that. I, kinda, I like these kind of beers. Um... um a lot, of, a lot of interesting little flavor nuances, sessionable um, beers. Um, so, like like Pete was saying, four point two to five point four percent. Gonna have your kind of your British pale ale malt, maybe um, a little bit of uh, brown malt in there as well. Then have some chocolate to, to kind of give that extra nutty character, and then work with something like East Kent Goldings as a hot um, to to round it out. But maltier than a lot of other beers um, but uh, just kind of a nice nice balance to it nice and dry um, <coughs> bigger than a mild um, and less roasty than a porter so we shouldn't see as much of that roast with that so this is flag porter okay next we have flag porter for English porter 13c so another brownish beer, but we're going to put in some kind of roasty character to it and potentially a bit more bitterness to kind of uh, make it pop a little more. Um, so for the um, for the brown, we were down in the um, 20 to 30 IBUs. So this we're going to be in the 18 to 35s. Strong coffee right up front. Coffee with cream. Milk chocolate as well. Yeah. Mm. Charred apple. No. The chocolate kind of warms up into a mocha. Yeah, yeah. It certainly comes together with the coffee. Mm hmm. Any fruits people get? Not really too much. There's like a hint of lactose in the back for me. Well, there's a bit of a dark dried cherry. Maybe. Cherry. Yeah. Some dark caramel, mm -hmm. not the real white ones, but the treacly and toffee, like yeah. Nice rich brown body, light tan head, coarse bubbles.
those little thin, crisp cookies. They make them like pink, vanilla, and chocolate. Oh yeah, they're crisp and they like fall apart in your mouth. It smells like those wafers. Wait, those, those it's like wafers. the smell of the package of the. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like smelling the okay. dust. Uh-huh. Wait, <laughs> wafer cookie dust. <laughs> a lot of coffee in the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, sweetened with a little bit of. Uh, uh, caramel, yeah, a bit oxidized, and it's kind of spent coffee like to me. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you can definitely get the caramel and cream. Little charred apple again, skin. Sorry, charred apple skin. Well, it's a little coarse, I guess. Yeah. The aroma is much more inviting than the palate. It sort of drops in intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finishes with uh, a little burnt paper uh, astringency that sort of lingers in uh, and on. A little smoke note. Moderate, just kind of earthy hot bitterness. Um, that ties in with the astringency and the roasty notes. It says less, out, yeah. less hot bitterness than the uh, brown ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little... Well, especially the way it dried out, too. Yeah. Um. Hint of char. Yeah, that like burnt paper kind of finish. That burnt paper that had coffee on it. Yeah. Spilled. Mm-hmm. The filter got disintegrated into the coffee. <laughs> and now you're <laughs> pulling that out. And, yeah. <laughs> there is a light creamy texture to it. So you swish it around your mouth a little bit. But otherwise, it's fairly light in body, um, and just enough kind of carbonation to keep boosting everything through. And that hint of astringency. You really have to know your porters to know if it's a historical recreation. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go back in time in order to do these things. In the comments, you should enter it in historical recreation. So the the 2008 guidelines would have had this in what 12 or 12 C or no B brown porter brown uh, porter brown, or no 12 A okay brown porter um, brown porter. <laughs> well, there's a brown porter and a robust porter in the other guidelines. Um, once again, base beer, gonna use, it's British, are you going to use British pale malt, um, and work with a little bit of roast malt, probably some chocolate in there as well, and some caramel malts to kind of create an interesting uh, flavor profile. Um, uh, the use of brown malts, which you hardly ever see, and they're starting to get a little more over here, um, is, this is one of the styles that you might use that in. Um, but 
it's a little more malty overall than and sweeter than uh, American Porter, and a bit higher in gravity than uh, Browns and Milds, and with roastier character than the Browns. All right, so what do we got next? This is British Strong Ale. All right. Polar's 1845. Category 17A. <coughs> All right. So, um, the thing about British beers is they just tend to step up their beers more and more and more and more and more until you hit a, the kind of the peak of that. Um, so this is going to be their peak, uh, exemplifying all of the characters that they've had in their their low gravity ales. Um, so we're going to have uh, some just interesting malt profiles, and because we're getting higher in gravity, you're going to see more fruits, uh, dried fruits and nuts, and complexity kind of come out. It's going to be aged, so you can see some of those alcohol effects uh, coming through. Um, and then the your kind of characteristic British yeast profiles, though at this point they're probably going to be a bit subdued. But an intense pop of uh, fruit bread. Raisiny. Yeah, I get almost like licorice. raisins that have been candied with brown yeah. sugar. Yeah, I get like stewed plums. Yeah. Stewed plums. Strawberry. Mm-hmm. It's actually relatively crisp strawberry too. Blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, watch out! Some caramel syrup. Is there just a tiny bit of floral to it, like barely there? Yeah, it's a, a kind of fun, perfumey, um, and I think it's just like the, don't, the don't, bright. Please don't write fun yeah. on your. Don't write fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did bring it up on that. Don't write good either, um, unless you're talking about head retention or something like that. But do not write the word good. Um, fun's okay. No, <laughs> super fun is even better. Um, and avoid swearing. I forgot to say that too. These are just beers that you, I don't even want to drink. You just want to kind of sniff them from for a while and enjoy them. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I do not share that conundrum, Mark. You call it like a warm, light brown? Yeah, copper. British copper is probably the best. Reddish, reddish towards brown. <laughs> he's gonna go to a soda machine and figure out all his new descriptors. <laughs> he's just gonna base Straight it like on root beer. <laughs> <laughs> so here's root beer. It's lighter than. Yeah. It's darker <laughs> than. Decided Mountain Dew notes. <laughs> in the uh, in the Roma. Roma. Yeah. yeah. You've been to Britain, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, no. 
Yeah, that. Which again, this is why I like to smell them more. <laughs> no, because you get it in the palate, and it's it's very firm caramels. It's um, in toffees and uh, and those kind of characters. We lose some of that interest. I, the fruit's still there, but it's and towards the tail. It's end towards the it. tail end. Um, little of that kind of. I don't know. So it's a really toasted crust, but. Um, Sorry. <laughs> It's <laughs> nothing but cabbage <laughs> There's like uh, a husky nuttiness to it. Um, yeah, a little stale caramel, mm-hmm. um, wet cardboard uh, ish. Like the stale, I feel like a stale creme brulee or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's earthy, a, a staled creme brulee. Five days staled in particular, she was going to add in. Because <laughs> you don't want to eat creme brulee after five days. But maybe just the top of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's always good. Yeah. Really finishes with that. Just an herbal, kind of slightly papery-ish note. Yeah. <coughs> And cabbage. Some moderate warmth to it. You can breathe it a little while after. <laughs> You're talking about. Having good penmanship. What about abbreviating? So like moderate, mod, high, HGA. I mean, that's that's how I've been. Doing I, it, I don't know if I. I don't want to get too comfortable doing that. Uh, I feel well. I, see, I I don't know that I've actually seen too many exams that had people abbreviating. Um, yeah. But I mean, as long as it's very clear and there's like punctuation that's very very clear and there's no potential misunderstanding. Yeah, stick, stick with things that I think are more like <laughs> MED for medium. Yeah. I think right. you're you're pretty okay there. Uh, HGH for high. I'm like, uh, okay. just stick the eye. It's just an eye. It's just an eye. I'd say it's probably more important to make sure that you have the whole boxes filled out so it looks very complete. So if you're going to hit the box limit, that's fine. And so I guess on that note, if you need to go outside the box, that's why there's a lot of extra space over here. Okay. You can't write in the back. Um, but if, if you need to, say, draw a little arrow and have something pointing over here to continue what you're thinking. But I would not... If, if they see, there's just going to be a visual perception of that's not very complete, even if you were saving letters um, or a letter, a letter well, in particular, <laughs> one letter. My eyes are very thin. Yeah, <laughs> um, a, a chewy body. Just a persistent, moderate carbonation to keep kind of coming through that alcoholic warmth again. Light creaminess, but just that a little hint of it. That's eh, mainly bitterness. Um, little astringency maybe at the end, but not too much. Um, so for recipes on these, a lot of malt, <laughs> um, and then and potentially interesting smattering of some specialty malts, and then potentially some specialty sugars in there as well, um, or adjuncts to help it make sure it dries out enough and it's not a cloyingly sweet uh, product. 
even though these can finish at 1022, um, they, they need to be presentable as something that's not just sweet and sugary, um, even though there's a lot of sugar characters within it. Um, British malts are in British pops, again, and British yeast, as is always the case. No old ale? No old ale. Oh, okay. Yeah, once again, hard to style to find. Um, so, not quite as intense as a barley wine, but ten- potentially a little more aged kind of character to it, basically. Um, so, these these may pop up around Christmas time. Um, yeah. But it's kind of, kind of fairly defined. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, basically, going to be in some ways so, uh, similar to your your British strongs, but. Um, just a little more kind of an aged character to it and overall not as intense. Um, so it, it does have some overlap with the other styles nearby. Um, but uh, once again, just a little more of that mature kind of Venus character that it may pick up. All right, so now we've got um, Bellhaven 90 shilling. We have a, What did we have before for the... 90, or the Scottish. Uh, we had Bellhaven something. I remember we had Smith actually. Yeah, we definitely had... Uh, like 70 or something. Yeah, 70 or 80 or something along those lines. Oh, should, should I leave this back? Alright. So kind of carrying the whole Scottish... Style forward even more, um, pushing up to the well six to ten percent, and this is gonna ring in at six or seven point four. <coughs> and I'm gonna go with Peden. <laughs> well, I get Pete. I get burnt marshmallow. Condensed milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to stick with Pete. <laughs> Is there a way to keep doing these guided tastings? Because I get the most out of people describing what this and what it is I'm. Oh sure, we're going to continue this. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we just show up at one of yeah. our houses. Uh, you know. Well, what we recommend doing is just going to bars and just grabbing two or three people <laughs> nearby and say, "Could you taste this with me?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's really it's wonderful to get other people's perceptions. Yeah. and uh, it's something we should do like, more as kind of like clubs is just have a all right for people who are serious about tasting. Let's yeah. just sit down and. Um, sit around and talk about a beer because the, when we teach these classes the the discussion with everyone else is the, the best part for us too in terms yeah. of being able to pick up new descriptors <clears throat> dried fig yeah but a fig newton I go fig newton cola on the mm-hmm. yeah. cola bean yeah Earthy, <coughs> loamy. 
some would say PD. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm not sold on the uh, the PD descriptor. Uh, <laughs> Go root beer again on this. What kind of root beer? It's uh, sarsaparilla. Definitely <laughs> lighter shade of Barks. <laughs> Barks light. Yeah. <laughs> light beige had that yeah, relatively fine bubbles, but still a few coarse in there. Hint of smoke. It's kind of in the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the whole beer for me. <laughs> I just hate <laughs> Pete. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Um, just thick caramel that kind of layers over toasted bread. I'm getting some Pete here. This is feet smoke's inappropriate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Damn straight it is. <laughs> I had to judge he's at JBF, too. <laughs> I would have liked to have this, actually. thought this would have been nice. But... Is it just, like, way overdone? Hmm? Was it just way overdone in the ones that were... Oh, no, they were just poorly done. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, no, so they actually have a peated and a non-peated version yeah. or categories, but... And actually, the peated ones were better. Um, they were just wow. really bad beers. Um, <laughs> I, we we made we, it was one of the first round flights, and we just got a bad bunch of them. And the flavor, what fruits are people getting? Bruised plum, maybe. Anything else? Brown sugar, sugar. But, yeah, brown yeah. sugar. Plum, yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. but slightly burnt. Slightly burnt brown sugar? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. someone there's, tried There's a, just a smoky <clears throat> edge and like it's a bruise. Would you go older. brown sugar on a creme brulee? That was <laughs> aged for five days. <laughs> no. No, okay, good. <laughs> Hint of a cooked apple, Esther maybe. Hmm. Yeah, the the like the uh, like a baked apple like a, with yeah. the uh, the uh, with brown the sugar with brown yeah. sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for interpreting <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that interprets into brown sugar and what culture. That's right. Not quite. <laughs> Full body, um, little little chewy. Definitely a sweetened finish. Um, that sweetness kind of sticks all over your mouth. Definitely a little warmth. Yeah, kind of it's got some warmth to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So, despite the fact that they say there's no peat, a lot of time people put peat in these. Um. 
and those people this, should this, be forced and to this, stop And this, honestly, brewing. this is acceptable in my mind. It's not like an overstatement of Pete. Yeah. But it was one of those, when, when they say don't know Pete, I get a little upset. Um, so, a little roasted barley just to kind of get a little color and then some crystal malts to, to kind of make it pop. Uh, low bittering, but just enough to balance to... To balance that overall sweetness and not just have this be this horrible, horrible, sticky thing. Um, let's go up to 10% alcohol. Um, definitely the kind of maltiest of these uh, big British beers um, without any kind of the, the bitterness and the hop kind of character to balance it because the Scottish didn't like to buy British hops. Tell them, tell <coughs> people they're feeding it though and they want to put like 10% in yeah, the only acceptable amount of peat is to buy it, leave it on the shelf when you brew the beer. My parents were over in Scotland, and they, they come back, and they brought me like a peat, a brick of peat. It's like, oh, I figured you could use this for your brewing. I'm so good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what souvenir shop is selling bricks of peat? <laughs> Hey, where did you get this? Did you just run up, steals away, and be no. So hopefully this is similar to an English barley wine. It's not officially named. It's full of <coughs> vintage ale from 2014. <coughs> Covered pear. It's very bright. Yeah, it's a little bit of orange zest mm-hmm. uh, as well. It's actually, a, lo- a fair amount yeah. of orange zest. Yeah. Almost a citrus hop sort of. Mm. No, yeah, it reminds like me of, of a cascade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get alcoholic warmth off the aroma as well. Yeah, it says Liberty and Cascade. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Well played, Peter. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> Out of style. I'm not. <laughs> A little lemony note. Zesty. It's that orange zest that keeps coming back, though. Yeah, it's kind of like a lemon pledge. Kind of yeah. Of mm-hmm. well, it's, it says, I mean, a moderate, low to moderately high hop flavor. There. That's uh, not aroma, but that usually floral or theater or marmalade like English varieties, but not exclusively. You get some of that Venus note to it for sure. I don't yeah. know if I'm, if I'm seeing legs on this, but. This one's eight and a half. Hmm. There's just like a hint of wine in there. Gin. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd go gin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Juniper. Little cinnamon toast in there. Pretty good haze to it. And the yellowish light copper. <coughs> there's almost notes of the head that almost look a little greenish. 
but yellowish too. The dry hops. Nope. I like the way they played the hops in there. Yeah. yeah. That it provides an interesting kind of non-typical fruitiness um, that you wouldn't, or, or a, a different kind of fruitiness that you normally wouldn't get out of an English barley wine. Yeah. I was expecting more sticky. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just like the last one out coated, mm-hmm. but it's really well So it brings in that fresh citrus, but then also works with the... Yeah, and it isn't too sweet. It's really... <coughs> yeah. So is there a slightly hot, kind of solventy, boozy... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not friendly boozy, but maybe just a little too hot. Not friendly boozy? No, you know what I mean? Like warming cigarette on the fire boozy. This is like, it's really a little hot. That guy who gets that way, <laughs> kind of boozy. Um, yeah, there. I mean, this thing. There's a Venus note that that hits and it's, it pushes maybe up towards a little bit of the solvent. Um, I think barley wine is being warming but mm-hmm. not aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this thing. I would not call this a typical barley wine for sure. This is an no. interesting hybrid. I like this though. It's inter- yeah. it's got its own interesting characters. This one is selected as an example for the style. It is not. It's it's a, mm-hmm. okay. I was just hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? It's in a box. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's fancy, right? It's an extra fancy beer. <laughs> oh wow. That alcohol really hits you in the end in the finish. Yeah. There's a marshmallowish, uh, no, and then the, oh, the alcohol just kind of layers on top of that with that citrus. It kind of overwhelms it. Yeah. Um, citrus character. leaves you with a little residual bitterness as well. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting mix of karma flavors. That's all I, I mean, I can throw at this is... When you breathe it through, you can really just pop that alcohol right in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. It's got that like just that hint of that toasted marshmallow note, not burnt. It's chewy. It's obviously warming. Um, enough carbonation to keep things popping through. Little, once again, the, the main thing that's just a little weird is, well, a little bit of the solvent kind of character and the um, atypical hop use. Um, should be using the kind of goldings and targets to kind of get everything up there. These can be fairly bitter up to 70 IBUs, but that's really just to balance the fact that you're going up to a close to 12% alcohol on some of these. Um, but should be using strictly kind of British ingredients for this. If you're going to... This would be very, very well entered into a specialty category mm-hmm. as a hybrid kind of American-British IPA. Or, sorry, um, barley wine. 
Because of the hobby. Because of just that, it carries enough of that interesting. And I, I, and if I entered this, I'd particularly call out maybe the types of hops um, because that would help. Oh yeah, yeah, I can totally get that. Can you describe what you mean by chewy? I'm not really understanding that. Um, pour a bunch in your mouth and just swish it around for a while. Right. <laughs> that, that's kind of the only way I can describe it's that. Just it's got just a body uh, a thickness. Well, from cheek to cheek, and yeah. Um, it's just, it's kind of thick. It takes a little effort to, to pass through your teeth or anything like that. Um, Drink that and then it pours. Yeah. <laughs> now, take a sip of this. <laughs> we have used probably a little more of a chewy side. Yeah, it was chewy as well. There's <coughs> a best bite. And if you wrote that down, it. Uh-oh. Yeah. So it's, it's okay, we'll meet up then. Yeah, this will be a little bit right. <laughs> Now, recap it. And then, uh, <laughs> So if you wrote down chewy on your score sheet, that would be something that mm-hmm. it, it would be translated. It would describe properly. a mouthfeel component. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, it would be obviously on the upper end of uh, thick mouthfeel or satiating mouthfeel. Um, I'm sorry, body, not mouthfeel. <laughs> okay, over to the Americans. <coughs> so we've got category twenty-two, strong American ales. Starting with double IPA. You guys didn't fly down to Santa Rosa and come back? Uh, you know, normally I get a case sent up, you know, <laughs> for uh, just. You know. They have a special train for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so double IPA. Double IPA, which is. Previously known as Imperial IPA, 22A. Um, so we're going to take an IPA. Um, so looking for an IPA except punched over the head in terms of hot presence and alcohol as well. So going up to ten percent on these survey says on this alcohol. Oh, probably eight point nine. Ten point two. Okay, they broke the style. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's go to the next category. Um, <laughs> so the key to these is all is being firm, hoppy, having enough malt backbone just to support that, and then not becoming a cloying um, uh, kind of uh, malt focused thing, where which may be a little more towards the um, barley wines. So hoppy. <laughs> How IBUE is it? How IBUE? <laughs> it's up to 120 IBUE, which is what most people think is not possibly. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's 120 for the style, damn it. Well, this one's so 102. Mm-hmm. So mid range, no. So what are what what are the hops that people it's get on this? Pinecone, Yeah, the heart of a pine cone. Yeah. A lot of uh, resin, garlic, mm-hmm. a lot of garlic, onion, yeah. sulfur compounds. Mm-hmm. Melon rind. Well, I really, just the outside, yeah. Decided anyone who likes that garlic and onion, good for you. <laughs> well, get you, the bad news <laughs> is get used to it. <laughs> I think you judged the Imperial IPA as best to show. And is that what they all are now? 
a lot of them. Too much mosaic, bro. Uh, they're, and they're saying, you know, the the brewery, they're like, well, I just did my hop selection. You're not going to like this year's crop at all. <laughs> you know, lots more of the, the sulfur coming through. and uh, Yeah. That's the thing. When you pick too late, the sulfur starts coming through on almost any hop. And given this year was so hot, it was so hard to do timing and then get everything processed through. So it's inherently going to be a a dinner pairing year. Yeah. <laughs> Someone with Australian hops. Yeah. Cherish. <laughs> <coughs> so how about that malt behind it? It's a little. <laughs> There's just a hint of just grain. Yeah. Sweetness, mainly potentially from the alcohol. <laughs> There's some pog in there. Some, sorry? Pog. Uh, yeah. Pog chip? No. Pog juice? Yeah, there's a tropical one. Yeah, it's like pom, what is it? Oh, pom, juice. oh pom. Okay, I thought you said pog. Yeah, going sorry. Pogs. <laughs> yeah, I thought Fruit you were juice. talking about the 90s pogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, you smelled those a little too close. <laughs> I always thought the group was the pogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can almost just get a note of sulfur. Or, I mean, just really kind of rank onion on yes. this. Oh, yeah. it's, yes. It's not like just a rotten, No, I mean, it's rotten yeah, onion, it's sulfury, and just... Yeah. Anything else I yeah. But still, within guidelines. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, we're we're in for a sucky year, apparently, you and I. <laughs> yeah, I'll stay away from IPAs. Have you considered Lakers? <laughs> it's got a little haze to it. Um, going to go on a limb and say hop-derived. Um, that, that would be like... A bright copper for me. Yeah, bright amber. Wow. That's a Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid writing those things on score sheets as well. All right. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> Unless the style calls out unpleasant. Yeah. Unpleasant. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not the style, but wow. So it doesn't suck. No, it's got a really odd. Kind of hard to describe, sort of. Like so to me, it's I'm eating the outside of a grapefruit, not a grapefruit, uh, a honey, not honeydew, just a cantaloupe, just the outside yeah. of a cantaloupe. That's so grapefruit like caramel. I got pine salt. Pine salt. Pine yeah, salt. I could go for that too. But mixed in with the weird uh, olium family, uh, you know, the onion, garlic. Yeah, I, like, why did I put this together in a stir fry? Society, <laughs> the stinkiest <laughs> onion and garlic, <laughs> uncooked. Licking it's okay, oh, uh-huh. and getting a decent amount of the metal in there too. Yeah. yeah. The acids that got pulled out from the metal. Mm-hmm. I've had Maharaj and it's been pretty good before. There's something. What if you just can't say anything nice? I mean, you just describe it as it is. Yeah. It's really wet. <laughs> nice car. Nice yeah. The you can just keep going back to the bottling. Really bottled well. Mm-hmm. I never saw the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a lot of onion, garlic, and. Uh, tastes like headache. <laughs> it tastes like regret. <laughs> um, but seriously, if you guys are listening to this, we love you. Here. Um, <laughs> I almost never do that, but. Makes me sad. I mean, it's 10%. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's, there's, there's sweetness going into the finish. Um, yeah. 
Um, but everyone's had a double IPA, right? Okay, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> and just use American ingredients and American yeast <laughs> and hops. <laughs> and figure out a good way to do it. Okay. Yeah, come on, Avery. Is this uh, Pro 2B? Uh, it is. American Strong Ale. Uh, Bear Republic Red Rocket Ale. Apparently, I would buy them. What hops are making this onion and garlic now? If you well. so, Gordon Beer did all mosaic lager, and it smelled and tasted. Uh, oh, sorry, almost yeah, all mosaic lager, and it smelled and tasted like garlic. And then when we were out last year in the hot fields, we were in the experimental fields, and we ripped some open, and we were like, "This smells like garlic." And like, yeah, that's, like, that's off of mosaic. Like that was a clone of mosaic. So, I went to the hop union thing a couple years ago. And they gave me mosaic and it smelled like stinky feet. It was mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised it's used with citra. Yeah. Some orange cream citrus. Fresh squeezed yum. So 22B American Strong Ale um, supposed to be a kind of in the IPA-ish, their double ipa strength, but a little more malt-forward. I feel like the commercial guidelines call for this being more of a malt-forward IPA. Um, yeah. Whereas this is calling it for being a more malt forward double IPA. Yeah. Um, but just for reference when going out into commercial markets um, versus yeah, judging BJCP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so should be a little more malt intense um, and then carry a little more of that bitterness as, as well than kind of your standard American ale. <clears throat> Down by the creek smell. <laughs> <laughs> like that very earthy mint. Yeah, there's a, there's a woody. I yeah, I'm saying it's just resin and wood and yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of plays with the just uh, subtle toastiness in the back. Um, but the pine cell is also there. Maybe pledge. No, it's <laughs> it's a mix. <laughs> Toasty tips right into uh, roasty mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, there's almost a little charish note in there. <clears throat> Which I don't know if it's just working with the alcohol kind of notes on it. But you get a little bit of solvent note coming off of it. So this is only 6.8%. Yeah. It's on the light side for the style. Yeah. Well, it can be as low as Any other non-cleaner related fruit notes? Clear 
I almost feel like the closest thing I get to is just a stone fruits pit. That's about it. Yeah. And non non-discriminate, like just a pit that's maybe been sitting out for a little while. Maybe a little peach, but Mild brown body. I mean, that's a very nice persistent, uh, slightly creamy, but also kind of interspersed head. Like tan. <laughs> Pete's already done with this beer. So that that hazelnut shellish note that I think that you were maybe getting at, then it opens up into the uh, Mike, not Mike and Mike, um, Good and Plenty kind of black licorice note, coarse, with the resin again. Yeah, I also get like that uh, roast and a cardboard note. Yeah, that the roasted cardboard. Yeah, yeah. Heard one time somebody asked when we roast. When do you roast the hops? I laughed, but. <laughs> Kind of tastes like roasted hops a little bit. <laughs> you get that hint of vegetal burning. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Still got the warmth. But yeah, that. The bitterness, I mean, it's coarse. I mean, this, so, yeah, I mean, this is. I don't know if this is... Open up a peach pit and chew on the seed. Stone Arrogant Bastard. That's, that's the thing. This is a style that was kind of originally based off of Arrogant Bastard, which I think most people know is kind of a, just a rough kind of coarse beer that yeah. most normal people, after two weeks, never drink again. <laughs> so, um, Irish death seems to be the new Arrogant Bastard. Mm. Maybe here. Yeah, around here. I just don't feel like the bitterness in this balance as well with the uh, like the thin thinnish body. Kind of comes in too late. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just long. sticks. It like literally is just waiting for everything else to go away, and then it just hangs there. It's like um, it sucked on the seed inside the peach pit and that bitterness just stays there for a long time. So what else are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> well, you're not supposed to eat it at all. But I, <laughs> well, I, just, I just keep it, you know, softens up eventually. <laughs> like a chipmunk. Do you speak to finish notes under mouthfeel or flavor? Flavor. Yeah. Uh, it should be under flavor. Yeah. I mean, and you can say in the mouthfeel section... Strong lingering astringency or something like that in the finish, but um, generally speaking, you want to hit finish in the flavor. So, yeah, multi-year version of oh god, <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> Sorry, Coors. Um, stronger version of a uh, the pale ales. 
getting into amber ales. Now, I mean, bringing out a little more of the malt profile, but then um, still bringing bitterness that punches you in the mouth afterwards. <laughs> and leaves you wondering why. All right, so Pete's been kind enough to donate some of his stock of Bigfoot. Uh, this yeah, this is just this year's. Yeah, okay. <coughs> All right, so American Barley Wine, um, richest uh, of the American styles, um, should push a good amount of um, hop character through, and then also a decent amount of booziness. This rings in at what? Nine... Best eight ninety nine six pack you can get. <laughs> Four packs, sorry. Yeah. But still, it's true. But still. <laughs> well, no, I've got I've got a couple of beers that I pulled for after class. For assuming you guys are upright. <laughs> I've always ended up disappointed on the uh, Bigfoot. Vertical. Like, yeah, kind of tastes like the same thing. <laughs> Less hops every year. And, and yeah. Still very bitter. Yeah. Like a toasted marshmallow fluff over the top of everything for me. Yeah, over just the really big resiny chinooky. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the thing is, that head... Yeah, Shinooki. <laughs> it's funny, it's true. Um, the the head on this just lasts kind of forever. Um, and to some extent, it mildly mutes the beer. Um, so it's one of those you need to keep coming back to these as uh, the beer folds. Some sweet bread... Canned bread. bread. Mm-hmm. Sorry? Oh, yeah. Canned brown bread. Mm. Mm. That comes out of can. Hmm? Sweet bread. Okay. Yeah. Canned bread. Canned bread. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was beer. <laughs> the open bowl. Slight sucrose note or table sugarish note that comes through. Light haze, not as hazy as you might think. It's a light wine. It seems very clean. Yeah. I feel like these uh, glasses are already thrown off. They fog up so fast. (laughs) This is competition glassware. (laughs) (laughs) Hush your mouth. (laughs) We microwave the beers beforehand, though. Candy? Do people think of? I put Brewers syrup, <laughs> <laughs> which is candy for you. <laughs> it's a bit of uh, caramelized honey, mm-hmm. uh, so it's 
Like is a, it a bit of honey? Yeah, it's going to go that way, but, you know, like a cooked bit of honey. Mm-hmm. A brulee bit of honey. Mm-hmm. Does that stuff taro syrup? A little bit of the dark taro syrup, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is that caramelized sugar. I don't know. Um, lots of resin, grapefruit, mm-hmm. pith. Piff. <laughs> Definitely finishes better. Lingering kind of core. Like, once again, slightly pithy bitterness. Resiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, but a pretty strong sweetness mm-hmm. that sort of supports that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the, the resininess, you know, sort of blurs the the, the hop character. Um, sort of like distortion and, uh, you know, coming through a speaker. But... <laughs> <laughs> You felt like five pages when you're mm-hmm. like, right yourself yeah. an answer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very well said. Thank you very much. I am getting better and better as the night goes on. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thank you. It's when an eight track goes bad. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely just dank. It's enveloping the back. It's the sides of your tongue. Yeah, in the back of your mouth. <laughs> Slightly on the top of your palate. Mm-hmm. In accordance, yeah. How old are these? This is this year. Six months? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, know, they, six br- months. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I think it's about a year old almost now, because mm-hmm. it comes out 12, 11, 14. November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it comes out in well, February. 11, 14. Is it February? I thought so. It's definitely into the new year. Yeah, I thought it was their, like, spring-ish yeah. release. Yeah. It's, well, it's, 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 it just seems late. Yeah, so it's released after yeah. the first year, yeah. probably. It's... I'm surprised it doesn't have, like, a... 10 day lead yeah. <laughs> to when they release it. Brew to uh, to release, but. I think you get the alcohol, but it doesn't hurt you necessarily. The no. bitterness kind of takes care of that at this yeah. point. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. Once again, should be, shouldn't be syrupy. This is well attenuated. The bitterness definitely complements and keeps going in on year one. You definitely want enough bitterness in there. To last, considering it's just going to drop over time. Um, should use Americanish malts, Americanish um, yeast, and uh, definitely American hops. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, this is the first night I've gone to Budweiser a few times. Uh, or sorry, the course <laughs> just <laughs> rinse my palate out. All right. So, uh, 22D wheat wine. So, 
basically think barley wine, typically going to be American for these, obviously, since for the American category, um, with a wheat note supporting. Um, this version of it is... Uh, this, well, they change it every year. Oh, the, the Decadence is Ale Smith 2014 Decadence um, Anniversary Ale, and this is a wheat wine. But yeah, there's that kind of raw, bready, wheat kind of character. They'll call out the hop aroma is mild and can represent about any lay pot aromatic. Spiciness, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's. I don't know that I push into caramel and honeys, but just almost sugar, maybe. <clears throat> like a glazed bread. So you said glazed, I smelled donut. I just well, wouldn't, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> just say donut. yeah. donuts actually probably a decent, yeah, that's, that's a little plummy, jammy. Mm-hmm. That's what's in the donut. Okay. <laughs> Glazed with a donut. <laughs> Damn it, Pete. We're not going to make it to the end, are we? <laughs> no, we aren't. <laughs> a little bit of citrus. Back to that, like almost lemon marmalade. A pear tartare. A pear tartare? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 we heard pear tartare. <laughs> so they're going, is this something you can do to a pear now? <laughs> I don't feel like it's any less cruel than what we normally do to a pear, but. <laughs> Call out, they say this can maybe oak aged mm-hmm. style rather than saying it needs to be in a wood <coughs> aged with a base. You call that a light amber? Yeah, I, well, I'd go with a rich amber. Rich amber? Yeah, I could see a mosquito in there. You what? I could see a mosquito trapped in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> a lot sweeter yeah. than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. It's just rich dark sugar. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, 
but sugar. Like, yeah. But the sucrose on the... It's eggs, kind of the sugar in the raw yeah. kind of... Yeah. yeah, not quite brown sugar, not quite sugar. refined sugar, but it's sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to find the bitterness. In the glass next to you. <laughs> a little smoky, sir? A little, little smoky. Mm, it's a phenolic. I don't know if yeah, it's... A little woody, yeah. smoky thing going there. Not, not much, but, but then there's not much else yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. There's a higher alcohol it to it. Like flabby, though. No. Very no. On purpose. It's not a style I've had a lot of. I mean, obviously, oh. Old Soul. Yeah. Uh, is Which I actually like. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had it, to mm. be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, so. That's like a really heavily glazed donut. <laughs> really yeah. heavily glazed donut. Top with sugary, sugary. <laughs> <laughs> like. Just yeah. Honey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, uh, what's the stupid little donut shop that nothing but sugar well, you get the free glazed if you go oh, in Krispy Kreme yeah it's a glazed Krispy Kreme sugar bomb kind of a granular sugar quality yes yeah I'm still going to go back to the sugar in the raw <laughs> it's just thick and syrupy mm-hmm. I mean yeah once again the bitterness mm-hmm. kind of failed to even pop I don't think this is over 30 IBUs um, and this is how strong in the description it says weedy malt cool. flavor. I think that's just what carries that bread kind of character of yeah. understanding, like that there's a it's a bread character. I definitely get uh, like a, a, a whole wheat uh, uh, bread crumb, mm-hmm. at least in the nose, uh, not necessarily in the flavor. Usually you get that texture too, but I don't think This Who's makes... got diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> well, this makes my future cirrhosis mad at my future diabetes. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey! <laughs> um, yeah. Just a little out of, out of balance. Yeah. Um, new style, obviously. Uh, for First time for wheat wine. Um, should have, what, 50% or, so, or more wheat wallets. Um, all over the board and hopping. Uh, just the attenuation needs just for this needs to be a little yeah. lower to round it yeah, out. It, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt as a year and a half old. So here, bitterness is going to drop over that time. And, yeah. but It's, it's hard to imagine that it was acceptable a year and a half ago to, to non-existent, but I will say it is, is an older version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> and back to the Budweiser. <clears throat> um, so I don't know if you want to stop recording. I've got a couple others if people are able to, to manage that I pulled out of the cellar. Um, Kick and rally? It's a shorter drive. <laughs> let's just keep going. Oh, that's, that's true. It's longer oh, yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um... All right, what you got, Pete? Uh, so this is the <coughs> 2009 Big Nugget uh, Alaskan Barley Wine. Just decanted. 
American barley wine? Should be uh, American barley wine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about this. Huh? We don't have to talk about this one nearly so much. No. But, you know, is this Baltic? No, this is their uh, barley wine. Oh. Okay, I have, I have just turned in my first beer for competition. You fill out the, the recipe sheet and the registration sheet. What interaction do the judges have with that? If any? They don't. They so yeah. That's one of those. Pete and I always have wanted to make a a video of how not to enter beers in competitions and how to enter beers in competitions. Um, they will all they will see is the category and any specialty ingredients that you put into it. Okay, they will never see your name of the beer. They will never see the ingredients. The only time the ingredients may come up is if something is, seems really off in the beer and they may ask the competition organizer to go, can you go look at the recipe and tell us that this it doesn't have these things in there? And even then, that's still not a preferred practice. They need to judge it with regards to the category that was entered. The competition organizer may make the decision of saying, you're right, this should have been entered into this category and I'll move it over to that category and you can judge it as that. Um, or actually someone else should probably be judging it because it should be moved to a different flight. Um, the Coors Light in there. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. one of these things is not like the other. How about that one? Does that play true for the some of the newer styles, like um, like uh, uh, the experimental IPA, mm-hmm. where you're judging it? Well, is that more they, of one that you have? They kind of, you so oh, when you enter those beers, you're supposed to give, hey, here's either the base right. kind of information, and it usually tells you what you need. Yes, and so the style should tell, and, right. and that information will get passed on to um, the judges. Okay. So basically, so we'll if you have a beer and it's of a style that has something that says, I need to pass on this other information to the to the brewer, mm-hmm. then that information will get passed on. If you enter a classic American Pilsner and you say, by the way, <laughs> I added roasted malt to it, that information is probably not going to pa- get passed on because that style does not require special information. And they're going to get a brown beer um, yeah. or a black beer. Um, and they're not going to get that information. So basically, if it's a specialty style, they're going to get whatever you put into the specialty information category. The special ingredients. Yes. Generally, yeah. um, if it's not, they're probably not going to get that. And so the problem is we, we'll have competitions and we'll get like entered into Foreign Extra Stout. Foreign Extra Stout with coffee. Um, but that information, because four extra stuff shouldn't have any special ingredients on it, doesn't make it onto the judges. Mm-hmm. So basically, if it if the style calls for special information, that's the only time it's going to make. If it you need to describe it to the judge, it needs to be in a category that requires yes. that right. information. Uh, so it, you know, it okay. needs to go in as a specialty. Your coffee goes in. Uh, coffee, well, coffee, or spice or vegetable. Spice or vegetable. Yeah. I think um, it really depends on the competition though because there was one competition where I just entered a milk stout a straight milk stout but I put vanilla beans at it mm-hmm. and it went through with the vanilla beans oh no that may have been a great combo so okay uh-huh. this is another competition entry thing if the thing that you're adding is an interesting nuance as compared to a dominant force you might not want to mention it <laughs> okay just hmm. just throw it into that category it may make it more ooh that's got an amazing kind of <laughs> Just rounds out the chocolate profile. Yeah, from that yeah. After yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, and it may for the style, it may hit the style better. It, 
doesn't say that you can't use a specialty ingredient in those styles. Um, it's all about the flavor profile. So if you hit the flavor profile better than any other beer in that category... It depends on how subtle it is. Yeah. If the no, vanilla no, is a nice, complimentary note, and the judges don't go, oh, you clearly put vanilla bean, this needs to be in a spice or veg category. Uh, see, I think it was kind of the opposite. I entered it in with vanilla because I knew it was subtle. I just entered it in the milk stuff, but still yeah. said there was vanilla bean, which I should have just kept yeah. it off yeah. in general. And then in the comments, there was, like, not a whole lot of vanilla bean. Mm-hmm. And so I think I probably got dinked Yeah, and that. that's the other thing. If you don't put something in, don't mention isn't. an ingredient that's not in the flavor. Or the you, if you don't pick it up, too. yeah. If you, when you're tasting it on your own, can't say, well, if I hadn't told myself in my previous life that I'd put this in there, um, I wouldn't pick it up, don't mention it. And it's okay. Because it, you're, you're, you're framing the beer. You're telling yeah. the judges what they should be tasting. Yeah, and if and they so don't if taste they it, they're going to say, ooh. You know, I'm glad I'm not tasting thistle, but, you know, yeah. you put it in as a special ingredient, so you, your intent was... Yeah. The specialty categories are kind of a game. Um, you want to frame it in a context that the judge is going to experience it. Um, and so if you put in 12 ingredients to a beer, maybe bring up the ones that you taste in the product um, yeah. at the end. So that's why before you enter every competition, you should sit down with your beer, open one up, taste it like they're going to taste it, and then go, uh, not really picking up this kind of character, so I'm going to bring up the chocolate, I'm going to bring up the, the thistle. Why did I put this one? But okay, yeah. still put this one. Because um, you're dumb. <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the game of those, those specialty categories. Okay. So could thistle be not for a flavor, but for a mouthfeel? Because if you actually put If you put the thistles <laughs> in. <laughs> I had a Nettles beer, and I still had to say, why? Why did you do this to me? This doesn't have a positive flavor contribution, and now I'm worried about allergic reactions. Yeah, there's a brewery that around our, where I used to live that puts weird things in beer, and I'm just like, I don't know about you guys. from Tacoma? <laughs> no, no, I oh. wasn't. I was from Bremerton before. I'll let you cast. I'm yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Silver City, right? Yeah, these guys at Silver yeah, City are just, nuts. Yeah, and that we love you guys. <laughs> Seattle beer that they put out this year, man, they must have thrown some weird stuff in that thing too. Too many Bremertonites. <laughs> What is this again? I forget already. Uh, Alaskan Big Nugget Barley Wine. Very different than Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much more subdued. Yeah, it brings more of the British character to it yeah. with a really neat kind of fruit reddish notes and plums. And, yeah. <laughs> it's also six and a half years old. So. Yeah, so the hops, hops have been destroyed at this point, which is always the conundrum of it's always timing with uh, American Barley Wines in particular. But I still kind of like that. It's yeah. just a nice jammy, yeah. um, satiating. It's calorie free, right? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. They all are. Yeah. yeah. They make a great dessert. Yeah. Just all by itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or, dinner. or dinner. Or dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beer that he eats like a meal. Yeah. Or breakfast. <laughs> 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 more of a Coors Light with orange juice kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, also from 2009, uh, Bourbon County Stout. I'd have to wait in line for this. Thank you. But we're going to make you wait in line. Make sure he gets it last. 
Thank you, Peter. <laughs> See, it's the only time I like Pete. We will make it through the class. <laughs> Sadly, when I was a poor college student, I think I could have picked up just about as much of this as I wanted oh, yeah. to in South Dakota. Yeah. Well, even around here, it was much more prevalent. Uh, I've never heard of Bourbon County. $20 for a four-pack? I don't it's think so. Oh, it's because yeah, it's oh. it's it's it is now, not in 2009. <laughs> yeah, so this was pre-AB InBev. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some more expensive hops and malts. I mean, it's a firm amount of soy sauce, but I mean, it's got some like brown sugar on top of it. Uh, yeah, a lot of bourbon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a musty kind of cobwebby, you know, to the... Oh, that's yeah. just the... That's Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hangs out that's long right. enough, that's and... Right. Uh, I'm, I'm dealing with it. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't talk about how he ages these. Yeah. Um. Wow. Coconut? Yeah. yeah. Like, lightly charred, even. Yeah. Very toasted. Or just uh, freshly ripped open in a convectioner's bag. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a German chocolate cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, like, with a darker chocolate. Darker chocolate. Yeah. Like they're really trying to reinvent the chocolate cake. <laughs> Make it better. Wow. And you can still have that word of character. You can just get the charred wood, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And see? Oh, Let's go back. Once again, you don't drink these beers. <laughs> no. <laughs> you plate them. Then no. <laughs> you open them every shop. Uh, this was yeah. I think this was the last year it came in on now they twenty twos. Now they're twelves. <laughs> now, now they're sixteens. They moved it. Oh, I didn't they know changed that. it again okay. this year. Yeah, this year is five ninety nine for. Yeah. A lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. Or reduced in a sauce just a little bit. Or just drink it. Or just drink it. Yeah, you might, you might hate yourself a little too much if you did the previous two. Um. <laughs> so this was this is was bottled six years and three days ago. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So it's three days. Yeah, the three days really yeah, changes it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of French toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't know that sounds weird. With wow. with syrup. <laughs> like with syrup, yeah. <laughs> and right. and still a little powdered sugar on the top. A weeks ago when I had the last year's, this seems a lot creamier. It's like a way better it's version of the seven, Southern Tier Creme Brulee. <laughs> it says it only develops for up to five years in the bottle, so this one's probably on the way down. You're the guy who keeps the plangings Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> 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 you prefer without the Right into yeah. the ground. Yeah. Right into <laughs> the ground. Yeah, it's great except for the hops. <laughs> Man, you know. <laughs> Enjoy whenever I want to. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Tell you when to drink a beer. <laughs> I 
Say a lightly burnt Bell pepper. Hay. That one's yeah. gone. Now I can't get it back. So. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. I almost think this is Bourbon County coffee. Yeah, that's just a full coffee. 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 And, and it's a great coffee. coffee. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like a quality coffee. <laughs> yeah. Not overcharred, but... <laughs> You'd have a new job. <laughs> You'd be a bikini barista. And <laughs> you try this new thing. Thirteen <laughs> percent. There we go. Uh, oh. Like bikini Where's Growler Guys? I think it most of them are There's a in one of called Phil's. Very clever. But Growler Girls. The closest one I know of is in the story. I L L S. Yeah. I know. I was like in Bend's Phil's. It is in H. Ben Morgan has a Growler Phil. And that's part of our opening a brewery series. Use Google. Yeah, it really as long as he only has the patent or the the naming rights in his state, you can call it, you can name it Growler Fills up here too. But you actually have to say Growler Fills up here too. That's the weird part about the name. You just want to do that last part really small font. Yeah. No, you want to go to Growler Girls for yeah. sure. Like a little bottle of Phil's. They'll have yeah. just enough information like about the beers that are going to be dangerous. Yep. Which one's the best? I don't know. This one gets you drunk. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that one. Winning business model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like this espresso stands with bikinis or whatever. Exactly. It's just they give you beer instead of coffee. They jack you up a different way. <laughs> the stand would be a lot bigger. <laughs> a lot more power draw like as well. Yeah. <laughs> three foot trailer. Yeah. 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 I'm feeling walking into one. They're support. walking into the back. <laughs> 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 Hold on, I gotta swap the keg. I gotta swap the keg. Don't mind me. All <laughs> 50 pounds of me. I also have a feeling Washington would have some sort of say against uh, drive up growler pills. What liquor store is not drive up, technically? Right. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the, the drive through tend to be on reservation land. I was going to yeah. say, all part Native American. I think that's drive through. And, we just and I think, like, next yeah. year they're going to. Some law got passed where they're going to have to seal up growlers with the. Uh, the plastic, yeah. which you do now, but yeah. like brew pubs, breweries. Why? Because well, it needs to be a sealed container. No, it's just a heat gun, Otherwise, plastic. Yeah, it's just, you just a, oh, really? it's an open because container. Joe can go down the road and drink, cap it back up. Yeah, you just throw it in the shop. So pretty much it's just for our production. They, they low-filled me. Yeah, because I like to do that. Because <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, Larissa, I was like, well, now you have more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's in effect now? or it's It just got passed. Really? It's not in effect yet. I guess they're going to start cracking down later. It, takes it kind seconds. of makes sense. Yeah. But it's just an extra. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. to make sure it, that... Uh, yeah. it, it's... We're talking about your new <laughs> job. <laughs> Seal Would you like the rest of? Yes, you should try that. Oh. I was about to pour it for that myself. So hard to get. Please. It's pretty amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Do we have a uh, glass? Yeah. Do I need a glass? Yes. Oh. <laughs> 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 
How's the party? That kicked us out. They yeah. kicked you guys out. Oh, yeah. for class. Yeah. yeah. Um, just joined. There was eleven people. Oh, oh they could have just joined. Could have joined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that means less bourbon for us. <laughs> oh. Yeah. This is what they people wait in line for Chuck at Chuck's for. Glad it turned out well. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very good. Thank you. Good job. Well played, Jamie. Well played. All right, so with that, I'm going to stop this recording. And <laughs> get off the, get off the table. Um, <laughs> Someone's going to be like, man, I missed out on a great class. <laughs> and I've got several business ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys need to patent those before we post this. Rally girls. <laughs> 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 Thank <laughs> you.